Infinity Games Podcast. Welcome to the Infinity Games Podcast, episode 18. The one where we've become legal. In Canada. In Canada. Because we're Canadian, eh? In Western Canada, at least. Is Eastern Canada different? I'm pretty sure in Ontario it's either 19 or 21. Unlucky bastards. Yeah, well, like, they get an extra grade of school, too. Oh. They got a grade 13. It's kind of weird. We don't talk about the eastern side of Canada. Them them, them Frenchies are fucked up. <laughs> They're weird. Everything but their poutine. Exactly. Poutine's wonderful. No, damn it. I know how to do Kirby's shirt. All right, so what's going on right now is two things. One, we're playing Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards. And it's wonderful. Yeah, Kelrick's... It's, he's got the controller right now because he's actually played this before and I'm I, a noob. I do, I do the stuff and the things. And I'm trying to learn how to play again. I just do the stuff. Oh, give me the fire! Cool. And the oh. second thing is this whole podcast oh. is going to focus on then and now. Our segment then and now. And it's going to be on collecting. Uh, what it's like back then, what it's like now what it may be like in the future, what the market was like, and what the market's like now. No! I fucked up. Sucks to be you. Yes, it does. Damn it! No! I want the fire sword! <laughs> we should just do a let's play. We should. <laughs> Flaming sword of... Flaming sword of death! <laughs> I dig it. Me too. It's almost as good as the lightsaber. Uh, close. Oh, before we get into then and now, I'm just going to do really, really quick games we've been playing. Ooh, cause me too. against my word, I've been playing more of Kirby the Amazing Mirror. The again. Again. And, uh, I realize I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> do elaborate. Alright, so, I didn't realize there was a map. For real. Jukebox, why? Because when you hit start, it's some stupid bullshit tip thing, and I'm like, well, that doesn't mean anything to me, so I just back out and better hit start. <laughs> no, you hit select, and it brings you to a map. That's wonderful. It's like, god fucking damn it. So yeah, now there's a map, and I'm like, oh, I can actually see where I've been. I'm a fucking idiot. And I'm even more fucking stupid, because the doors, they have a little glowy bit on top of them if you haven't been through them yet. So even if I didn't find the map, I could have at least known if I'd gone through the fucking door. I love you. <laughs> you keep life interesting. <sighs> yeah, well, I mean, I've gotten like five of the shards, though. So. Wonderful. I mean, I figured it out. <laughs> Good. She <laughs> took me a while. What have you been playing? Uh, it's not what I have been playing, it's what I'm going to start playing. Oh. Uh, buddy I work with... He plays League of Legends. Please tell me you're not playing LOL. I'm gonna play LOL. Oh, why? Because. Why? Because I have nothing else to do this weekend! <laughs> what about Final Fantasy XII? I mean, I'll, I'll play that too. What, what about Destiny 2 Beta? That's done. Oh, well, will I not play it again? But it's done! Play it again. <laughs> but I can't! <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta wait a month until I can play the real thing. Uh. But, um... Well, okay, you have fun getting shit wrecked. Oh, well, yeah, that's just it. Like, But, like, 
I don't get pissed at games. So, like, I'm just probably going to play it, fuck around, and have a good time, right? <laughs> I'll just be like, yeah, oh, God! He says that, but he's been doing almost nothing but screaming at the game he's playing. Okay. Retro games are different. I'm just going to let him... Yeah. Please tell me you saw that. No. I literally stood here because he was in range of the fire sword and it just did damage. I literally didn't move. <laughs> okay, so the first the first boss is ridiculously easy. What? The first boss in a video game? Stupid easy? That never happens. Ever. Oh, this one's a bit excessively easy. True. Oh, fucking the amazing mirror? Yes. I didn't know Master Hand was in that game. Yeah. Is that what he's from? Or is he still from Smash? No, no, no. He's from Smash, but they put him in, um... The Amazing how do you, Mirror. How do, you, how do you do this? Cool, I got a thing. You um, get the card, though. What, what happened is Master Hand was a Smash thing, and then the Amazing Mirror came out, and they put Master Hand in the game, and if you beat him and absorb him... You get Smash. Yeah, you get all of Kirby's Smash attacks. Yeah. So you get, like, his fucking... Boomerang cutter up beer in his fucking fisticuffs and like it's awesome. It's super wonderful. I love that they did that. Yeah, I was just a little confused because I was sure that Master Hand came in Smash Bros, but I was like, what year did this shit come out? <laughs> What's? What are you doing? I'm trying. I want to do boomerang and bomb. I can't remember what boomerang and bomb is. Boomerang bombs. Thank you, Jukebox. <laughs> I am brilliant. Shit! He fucked up, by the way. Yeah, what else is new? Alright, so then and now? Oh, with uh, collecting and stirfs? Yeah. What, yeah. How what do, you... do you think... Oh, right, it's fucking ninja stars. What do you think collecting would have been like in 85 when the NES was first coming out? In the realm of video games. Uh, it's like, I want to say easy, but we both know that's wrong. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not like video games were just like stupid cheap back then. Like, they were really expensive back then, especially by like comparison. Yeah, so like, Cause, like the when thing Mario Bros. 3 came out, I, I've seen retro ads where it was $30 US. You know, since the 80s, that would be like, what, $80 now? Yeah, by inflation, yeah, pretty much. So... I mean, they're pretty much as expensive then as they are now. You son of a bitch. Go away. But, um... It's... I don't know, because, like, for, for comparison reason, for anybody who doesn't know, it's like... Growing up, for Jukebox and I, when we were in the area of, you know, maybe, what, 10... Like, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there... Like, a brand new Game Boy Advance game costs $40. Yeah. That's what a brand new NES game costs fucking 10, 15 years before that. Yeah. So it's like... 15, 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, yeah. My my NES math... My, my years are all kind of fucked up. Because <laughs> I haven't seen it 10,000 times like you have. Yeah. But, um... Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like, Jukebox just said, counting for inflation, like, that's absurd. Yeah. And, so, okay, collecting, if you were collecting Nintendo stuff in 85, or, like, Sega Master System games and stuff, I mean, to actually collect in the sense that you were buying things for their worth... This is how I die. Calric's fucked up again. Like always. 
So if you're buying things for their worth, or you were buying to get everything, mm -hmm. it would have been much harder because you wouldn't have known what was worth stuff, and to get everything, you would have had to been like a millionaire. Exactly. You know, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, people like the Happy Console Gamer, you know, Jason Heine, those kind of people. Yeah. Where they grew up in the 80s, their form of collecting was, we got these NES games, our parents got them from Blockbuster, because we're lucky kids and it's the only one we're getting this whole year. Yeah. Um, but I'm also never going to sell it and I'm going to try and keep the box. Yeah. Fuck. That, that would have been Nintendo collecting back then. But... There was a video game crash before that, so people who wanted to collect, like, Atari games, and there was a few of them out there, mm -hmm. I mean, dollar bins, man, it was like two dollars for brand new Atari games, because the crash happened, and you were just trying to get rid of the old shit off the shelves, right? Mm-hmm. We're at the second boss. UFO guy. I have no power, so I have to do it the annoying way. Um, but yeah, I don't, like... Because collect, collecting back then, I don't know, my brain my brain doesn't function when I think collecting and when we were kids, because... We didn't. Yeah. We didn't like, start until we were like 15, 16 years old almost. Yeah, for us it was, and for most people it's always like as a kid you never think about actually collecting things. Yeah. I mean, I might have because I had like a hockey card collection, like a Garfield That's collection. That's true. I had like a I had like a shit ton of Pokemon cards, but I didn't count it as a collection. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just I just so happened to have a bunch. I might just have an addictive personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so as a kid, it wouldn't have been collecting. But there are the exceptions and stuff. So okay, eighty five NES comes out. Collecting isn't necessarily a thing unless you're collecting Atari or yeah. you're a millionaire. 90s, Super NES, Genesis, Game Boy, all that stuff comes out. There is a second-hand market for the NES games and the Sega Master System games and stuff because Funko and Babbage's, like Funko Land and Babbage's and stuff, they sell, they sold used games back then. Yeah. It's not like a new model that EB Games and GameStop started. Like, it's always been a thing. So, if you had the foresight to be like, hey, this might be worth money at one time, mm -hmm. or you just enjoyed the fuck out of it, and you just wanted to have all of them, you had that avenue, but I have no idea what the prices would have been like. I, I can only imagine that it would be similar today, how like, you know, within the first two months, the used game will be $50, and then after a year, it's like... 20 to 30, and then when they're trying to clear everything out, it's 5 to 10. Yeah. You know, adjusted for inflation or whatever, but... I don't know, it makes me sad. Like, I wish I had started collecting a lot sooner. I also wish, like you just said, I wish we'd had the foresight to, like, save some of our stuff. And granted, like, I was told often, like, oh, hey, you should save that. You should keep it in the box. It'll be worth money one day. And I was like, poof. What am I going to need money for one day? <laughs> like, so it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I can't help but think, like, what if I kept, like, a bunch of my old action figures or a bunch of my old Pokemon card packs and just never opened them? Especially considering first edition base set Pokemon card packs are worth, like, $70 a pop now. Sure, pause once in a while, man. No! Got a lot of bitches. <laughs> yeah, like... 
we don't have that kind of foresight. It's like when my parents were kids, I mean, what, what they could have told themselves, hey, you know, save all these comic books. They're going to be worth a shit ton. But they were like, nah, fuck it. We're going to bring it back into the comic store. We're going to get our nickel and then we're going to go buy another comic. God damn it. <laughs> I forgot you could do that. That's fucking cool. Yeah. But, um, book exchange. Yeah. Like you'd, you'd buy a comic for 10 cents. You'd trade it back in for five. Get that one up. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice to get. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Yeah. I wish I'd had the foresight. I mean, even nowadays, I still don't really have the foresight. And, and you know what? I kept every single one of my Game Boy Advance and the two Game Boy Color boxes I had. And they accidentally got donated to Goodwill. Rip jukebox. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just so sad. But for us, that foresight would have came in at the end of the 90s and the early 2000s. So that's when I can comfortably say, Kelrich's died. He's a noob. He sucks. Fuck! <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah, so like, early 2000s is when I could comfortably say, because of what I've read in forums from first-hand accounts on like YouTube videos and other podcasts, is there was actual collectors trying to buy up the games that were already from their childhoods. They were now in their 20s and stuff. And at that point, they they were just giving this shit away. If you had NES games in the year 2000, it was like, hey, get this shit out of my basement. It's taking up space. Like, literally take it, dime a dozen. Like, when, much. when Blockbuster in Saskatoon closed down in 1999... They had, if you could imagine, a high school gymnasium filled with tables completely lined with cartridges standing vertically against each other in boxes. Beautiful. And they were all between, like, 50 cents and $5. Like, I always wish I could go back and just kind of slap my mom a little bit and be like, buy, like, any one of these boxes. Just, like, <laughs> the box. <laughs> You know, it, it would be even better if you got the one with the Flintstones in it. Yeah. That Blockbuster exclusive Surprise of Dinosaur Peak, which is like $500 game. God, could you imagine? Yeah. If you just like found that one day and it was like, hot damn! I would shit myself. Maybe not actually. Actually, I would just to deter other people from coming near it. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be like a dolphin dive and shitting myself simultaneously to get at this game. It's like, that, that, that's the kind of game that you, like, stab your friend for. Hey, Calrix. No. Don't get in my way. No. <laughs> I smartered in that. Yeah. But, so, me personally, I still have every game I've ever bought. Mm-hmm. I don't trade in. Oh, I do. Yeah. But... Honestly, with the exception of some things like Tokyo Mirage, you more or less trade in the games that are going to be worth two dollars ten exactly. years from now. Like I Call of Duty Ghosts, no one's going to give a shit in a year from now. I do, you know? admittedly, I do still regret trading in Tokyo Mirage. I really wish I hadn't, but yeah, it's in the past now. One day I can buy it back if I really want. Pretty much. What's over here? What is over here? A, a sandwich. sandwich. Yes. Hot damn. 
So, okay, so the collecting really started as a big thing in the 2000s. What came after that is around 2007 to 2008 was this giant wave of nostalgia just overcoming fucking everyone and their dog. Being like, man, I really wish I could play Mario Bros. again. Yep. And then immediately the prices just shot up and they've been going up ever since pretty much. And I mean, admittedly, that's when I got in, but at the same time, I didn't have that nostalgia. I, I, I had, like, second-hand nostalgia from other people, from, like, watching the angry video game nerd and, like, the irate gamer. Good old irate gamer. I remember him. Back in the day, he was good. And then we found the nerd, and we were like, wow, what a rip-off. And then we were like, wait, the nerd came first, and he's also way better. Never mind. <laughs> it's kind of funny, because the irate gamer gets so much shit, but I, I legitimately loved his videos oh, yeah. back in the day. <laughs> he was great. He was fucking hilarious. God fucking damn it. <laughs> Kick, okay. in my defense, you press down C to take your power out. You can press up C to throw your power up. Why is it a hard concept to assume that right B would throw your fucking power to the side? <laughs> Why? Uh, I'm not asking for much. You know what this level actually reminds me of? Batman Forever. <sighs> or Batman Returns, whichever one's the shitty one. Eh. It just looks like it. Yes, Batman Forever is the shitty one. Ah! Double fire. Oh, wow. I didn't know you could double up and it would just get huge. Oh, yeah. You can double up on everything. Nice. Like, double spikes makes all your spikes. You, you have, like, a pencil and a protractor. and a, <laughs> not, a, not a protractor. What's the... the Compass? Yeah, that. <laughs> wow, good guess. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, like, yeah, you could double up on everything, but m most of the double ups are kind of boring. It's definitely the combos that are the fun part. Yeah. My favorite being Electric Cutter, because it gives you double blade yellow lightsaber of death. DDD looks a lot more blue in this than he does in, like, Smash Bros. Brawl. Yarp! Get fucked, bitch! <laughs> yeah, so... And that was the DDD boss fight. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was literally two hits. Oh shit, phase two. Just another two hits or something? Okay. Three, three actually. Three's the charm. Oh my god, this is like nothing. <laughs> oh, and he just gives up the shard. He's like, bleh. <laughs> well, that was pathetic and somewhat cute. Indeed. Anyways. Indeed, ha <laughs> Anyways. Please. Please, just, uh... Okay. Dig a hole. Okay. Climb in it. Okay. Take a piss. Okay. For yourself. Okay. Okay, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, 2007-2008 is when the big boom happened, the big nostalgia wave. Everyone and their dogs looking for their old games, trying to buy them up. You know, all these YouTubers and stuff are getting big. Screwtex becoming a big thing. Game trailers is becoming a big thing. You know, second-hand stores at the time were still giving things away for like a dime a dozen, pretty much. And then they kind of caught on because these people kept coming in looking for these games. And then the prices started to climb, they started to climb, and they're still climbing. I can't go into a value village. And if I'm even so lucky to find Super Mario Bros. Duck Hunt, they have it priced at $20. Yep. Which, for other reasons, I find somewhat despicable coming from a second-hand store. But, it's, I don't know, it's just a little depressing. <laughs> yep. Um, 
What was your collecting memories like? What, what uh, happened pretty, for you back in like 08 and beyond? Pretty piss poor, to be completely honest. Pretty much anything I collected was because Jukebox was like, Hey, Calrix, you should get this. And I was like, fuck it, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't... Like... I was a very privileged child. <laughs> I got a lot of things I didn't deserve. So... Like... I don't know, it's hard to explain. Like, as far as actual collecting memories, like... The couple I have that I'm fond of are, like, when you told me about Final Fantasy VII and then were kicking yourself because you didn't realize it was a misprint copy. Yeah, so I was at a, at, or not Value Village, at a uh, Salvation Army, mm -hmm. and there was a stack of PS1 games and a couple PS2 games out on the dolly, and I grabbed maybe three of them for myself, and I was... I had, like, $12 at the time. I was like, yep, this has to last me the whole fucking month, these $12. Yeah. I'm going to buy these three, but I'm also going to call it my bud because this is such a great deal for Final Fantasy VII, which at the time had skyrocketed in price to be, like, $70 for literally no fucking reason because there's, like, 4 million units of it out there. Yep, literally no reason other than it's a popular game. So, yeah, it was, like, Final Fantasy VII and Xenosaga, and I think there was one more, but I can't remember what it was. But I was like, yeah, dude, come to this place, get them. And you did. And then as we're driving away, I'm like, oh, wait, let me look at that Final Fantasy. And sure as shit, it's the misprint. On the backside in the description, there is an eye that is out of place and layered over some other text. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Yeah, because at the time, you know, it was a regular copy of Final Fantasy VII was going for $75, which was ridiculous. And then a misprint copy was going anywhere upwards of 120 that, I mean, it kind of even... Weird. Right? It was a rock, it was weird. But, like, it kind of eventually actually evened itself out where the price of Final Fantasy VII went down because everyone realized it wasn't rare. Mm -hmm. And then the misprint became less of a deal, mostly because most people didn't know about it. Like, even at one of our local video game stores where they're like, yeah, we know of the existence of the misprint or whatever, but we still price it at the same price as all the others because, I mean, who the fuck cares? So weird. But uh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was just Final Fantasy VII and Xenosaga. I, I mean, it could have been. I'm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's a long time ago. It's not like it's fucking important either. I'm just saying. Like, I'm pretty sure it was just the two. Yeah. Anyways, so you know, there, there was also that time that you got your NES, which we we mentioned that... back in episode ten. Yeah, so, again, everything everything collecting for me literally stems from Jukebox. Hi. Like, no Jukebox, no Kelrix collecting anything ever. Like, true story. Well, I mean, we got another buddy, Motorcycle Man. If it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have a Genesis or a Super NES. That he literally never played. Yeah. I mean, I got my money out of it. Yeah. <laughs> the police! Story for another time. Oh, God. You know what? No, we're just going to tell it now. Yay! So, I also buy vinyl records, and I have an ass-fucking-ton of them. And 1,400 I, I, plus. Yeah, pretty much. So, I had bought a stack of them recently, and Motorcycle Man was over taking a look through what I'd gotten. And he blazed right past, like, the Beatles revolver and, like, Led Zeppelin, and then he saw the police... Which, admittedly, they're a good band, but oh, their yeah. records aren't, like, they're not worth that much, and they're not that hard to find, and, like, there isn't any reason why a police record should be that special. But he's just like, THE POLICE! Like, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, 
Oh God, why? Uh, like he he says that it's because he grew up and his dad didn't like the Beatles, and I'm like, but that doesn't force you to have the same opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, beyond that, part of it was he didn't recognize the Beatles cover. For yeah, which is, which is fine. Oh, shit, I want that. Go uh, back for it. But, I uh, mean, at the same time, he was getting into vinyl, and I helped him find a turntable and speakers and all that stuff. But he, he just maybe didn't look into it as much as I did or anything to know that the police wouldn't have been that special. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with loving the police. It's like, that's not what we're saying. We just thought it was hilarious that it's like, you know, Beatles, Led Zeppelin, the police! Uh, God, oh, okay, times. okay, motorcycle man. But, um... Uh, bleh, 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 bleh. I need a cutter power-up. Go get that. So, yeah, the prime of collecting was the early 2000s. The big boom in collecting was the mid to late 2000s. And, honestly, what I've been finding since even 2012, and increasingly each year, is it is way more difficult to find any good games, and if you do, to find them at a good price. Like, the market's been bought out. Everyone's gotten wise. You can't go to garage sales anymore. I mean, you can, and you can get lucky one in 30 times, but, like, you can't go to a garage sale and be like, yo, you got games, and they'll be like, yeah, sure you know, give them to you for $2 a pop. You can't even go to a garage sale anymore and be like, yo, do you got games? And they're like, yeah, we'll give them to you for $15 a pop. Like they're just Christ. fucking wise to it. Like, the last time I found video games at a garage sale was Game Boy Advance SP and Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which I fucking love, but I already have it. So good. I'm and, excited for the remake. Oh, hell yeah. I need it. Like, I don't buy new games, but I'm going to buy that game. Yes. <laughs> oh, he got his his double lightning. It literally just like it. The double lightning is like one of the worst ones. Literally, the only thing it does is like triple the range. You still move stupid slow, and it still uh -huh. does piss poor damage. I go get something else. Damn it! I'm gonna. I'm trying to find Cutter. Yeah. Anyway, so I found this Game Boy Advance SP in these two games, and. They wanted, like, $80 for the SP and $40 for the two games. Which, even as a collector price, even buying them from, you know, an actual video game store, is still ridiculous. Yep. And it was like, yes. okay, get your head out of your ass, you know, go look at the sold listings on eBay. It's not just eBay, but the sold listings, and see that you're being a fucking idiot. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Yeah. And then... Uh, I do a podcast with some other guys, and one of them was out garage sailing, and ironically he was trying to find records because they're <laughs> doing a uh, a musical version of High Fidelity, which is about a record store owner going through like a midlife crisis, pretty much. So they needed records for props and whatever, and That's he right. happened upon a Darth Vader model of a... Uh, Atari 2600 and a handful of games and they wanted $200 for it. Get fucked. Right? Get fucked. Like... That's so absurd. Oh, God. Christ, 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 Christ. <laughs> Wait. You can make it. It doesn't work like in real life. Yeah, electricity and water ain't gonna do that. Actually... 
Doobie. Just gonna drop a little bit of knowledge. Oh, oh god, you died. Cool! I thought that was an elevator. <laughs> I did too. Elevator to death! Yeah, just gonna drop a little knowledge here. If it's pure water, there's no reason for electricity to transfer through it. It's yep. all the impurities in the water that's actually carrying Yeah, it's all the minerals and shit. Yeah. Fun fact. The, m the more you know. That was a, little, that was a wonderful <laughs> fact. Okay, so I've got... I should mention video game price charting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a website. You can look up games by their UPC, Universal Product Code. You can actually use a barcode scanner if you want, or by name, or by console. And what it does is it amalgamates all the prices from Amazon, eBay, some other fucking site I don't know, and their own marketplace. And they average out the cost of a loose, a complete in-box, and a brand new copy of whatever game you're looking up. That's nifty as fuck. Yeah, and it'll tell you how often it sells, it'll give you the historic data, and you can look through the listings to make sure, you know, they actually sold, or it wasn't, like, some joke bidder being like, yeah, I'll totally give you 20000 for that game. So, you know, use a little bit of discrepancy if you go on there, and for whatever reason... Yeah, I don't know. Earth Earthbound is going for five hundred fucking dollars for yeah. just the cartridge. You know, maybe do a, a little bit of research. Yeah, you know, go look into the listings yourself. But it's pretty accurate, and it has been getting better. Mm -hmm. So, thirteen months ago, almost exactly, I made a complete list of every game in my collection and the current value that it was at, and I put it in an Excel spreadsheet. And Good times. That was mostly because, you know, I may want to insure these things. You can kind of get that under an umbrella insurance plan. Um, you know, it's nice to know what the things you have are worth. Oh, yeah. In a collection, even if you're not collecting to sell or resell or anything like that. Like, I don't have any plans to really sell any of my games, but it's nice to know they're worth something. Especially if, you know, at any point I needed to sell them for some reason. And... It's also not, it's a good feeling because a part of collecting, at least for me, is I do it mostly secondhand, so it's all about the hunt. So first you have to find the game, and then you have to find it at a good deal. So if I can say I found Earthbound for like ten fucking dollars. Which you pretty well did. Yeah. Like, that's a nice feeling. It's practically retail therapy, but shopping smart. Yep. <laughs> so... I also wanted a running tally of all the games I have. So what my list entails is every physical game I have, not including bootlegs, because I do have a lot of Dreamcast games that are like ripped discs and stuff. The joys of Dreamcast. It doesn't include computer games, and it doesn't include downloaded games. So like, I have Mario Kart 8 on my Wii U, but it came with the bundle, so it was a digital download, and I don't count that. Yeah. So... Last year, I, I kind of noticed it back then, is I was having a much harder time finding cartridge video games. And that was because, you know, people had gotten wise, they were starting to buy them out real fast, there was a lot more competition in the secondhand market. And, you know, these people at garage sales, they either weren't selling them or they were selling them elsewhere, kind of. Yeah. Deal. What I found this year, because I redid my list fully, is I haven't bought a single cartridge-based video game on any home console in the last 13 months. Because I either haven't found anything worth buying, 
Like, God, I don't know. Maybe I found, like, NHL 94 or something. <laughs> okay, maybe I actually found a cartridge video game, but I don't give a single fuck about that game. And it was probably at a price I wouldn't have paid anyways. Because oh. even though I don't give a fuck about it, if it was 50 cents, I would have jumped on it. Good luck finding anything for 50 cents these days. Pretty much. Unless it's NHL 94. <laughs> yeah. So, there's that. And then, you know, if I maybe... I, I have found a few. I know I found a few because I distinctly remember finding uh, Donkey Kong on NES. But they wanted $25 for it. Yeah. And, you know, as per the way I collect, I'm not paying, like, a full, you know, retail value for it. I want a deal. <laughs> <laughs> so okay I didn't buy any cartridge based games and I know from talking to a couple other people they're having troubles finding them too what I what else I found is that common and uncommon games are decreasing in value for the first time since like 2007 the price of games is actually going down which is nice so I think everyone unclenched their butt cheeks and was like, hey, my copy of Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt is worth something. But it's not rare. And I'm actually going to ask a nice price for this. It's going to be like a dollar less. I know it could be better, but... I'm going to ask... <laughs> I'm going to ask 94 instead of 95. Eh? Oh, business, God, no. business strategy. Oh, God. <laughs> So, and that's why Calyrex didn't go to university. -la 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 -la. Because of jokes. Indeed. But no, so, I'm, okay, I'm just looking at my game collection for a sec. Cybernoid. That's a game no one really cares about on the NES. I didn't even know it existed. Okay, well, I have it. I got it for $5. They normally charge 10 Nifty. So if 10 was their base price, they'd be charging 9 for it now. Like, it's a very small decrease, but it's a decrease nonetheless. However... The games that people actually care about, so like the Castlevanias, the Mario Bros. 3, the Zeldas, the Final Fantasies, stuff like that, isn't going down, but it's not going upwards nearly as fast as it was before. So, if Mario Bros. 3 at our local game stores would have cost... What would have it cost, like, a year ago? Uh, Mario 3? Yeah. Probably 20, 20 bucks, I'd say. Okay. I think it, it, it was higher, but if it was $20, then it would be, like, 22 now. <laughs> instead of 25 It's better than 25 Yeah, which is the idea, but, you know, if you can imagine if the trend from what was happening in 2008 just contarried, continued on through for the next decade. Contarried. Contarried. <laughs> By the time we reached 2027, fucking... Mario Bros. 3 would be like an $80 game. Yeah. No! He just shot out his ability after he combined it. Good job. Why am I so bad at this game? I love how I haven't even played, but I've been doing most of the talking. Indeed. <laughs> it sucks if your focus it really does. Fuck. It's good practice for when we do Let's Plays. Yay! <laughs> ah! I was gonna say, you should turn around and kill that thing that was following you. Fucking Kirby's got zero, zero 180 ability. Okay. <laughs> He's like, what's this? A nuke behind me? Let's turn very slowly. 
Oh, Good old N sixty four ping. Get your fucking pump guns in gear. So yeah, I'm getting jizzed at. Common, uncommon games going down in price. The ones people actually care about aren't going up nearly as fast as they were before. The ones that are actually rare are still going up at a very high rate, and I don't see any reason why they would stop. Because you know this is all still supply and demand. But the demand for those extremely rare ones hasn't necessarily changed. Yeah. Like, even if, like, someone who in 2008 kind of jumped on the nostalgia wagon is like, Oh, I remember Little Samson. I want it so fucking bad that I'll pay $400 for it. Even if they drop out of the market because they're like, Okay, this was stupid and I should probably sell off my games now. There's still someone else who is willing to buy it for 400 because there was so many people willing to buy it for that much to begin with. Yeah. Is Little Samson even a good game? Oh, it's an extraordinarily wonderful game. Oh, good. Yeah. Like, go look up a review of it or something. It is honestly, like, probably one of the best NES games out there. And I would actually advocate you to go emulate it. It's so good. Okay. I do. I, well, maybe. <laughs> if I remember to, I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, is, yeah. that, is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, good. I, I can look at that. That gives you electricity. What? Weird. So odd. So yeah, we have some new trends. Oh. And I know a lot of people, because I've, I've watched a few YouTube videos on this from other people, and they're like, Oh, it's the video game bubble. The bubble is popping. It's slowly popping, you know. No, no bubble. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> his, his, like, pinky toe just got caught between those two blocks and you died. Christ! Ugh. The rage. Anyways. That is so unfortunate. So, yeah. Um, they're like, oh, the bubble is popping. The prices are going down. People are dropping out of this market because they're not all fucking nostalgic for it anymore. They don't give a shit anymore. There's other avenues to get your games like Virtual Console and NES Classics and shit like that. Not fucking quite because it's not a bubble. Indeed. Because I know ever since 2008 with the actual housing bubble, everything that it will eventually and possibly crash is a bubble to people. And it's like, not quite, but nice try. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? Can I reach him from here? Sweet. Nice. Oh my god, that boss was like the easiest yet. Literally, I will stand here. <laughs> so, what I see for the future... Well, first, what do you see for the future? Oh, I see games being stupidly overpriced forever. Yeah? Pretty much. I don't see... Even if our economy gets better, I still see games being way too expensive. Uh, I don't think they'll ever... Necessar I don't think they'll ever necessarily, like, go down in value. Like, I mean... I feel like... So are you saying... Well, let's split this up into, like, uncommon, common... Games people give a shit about, like the Zeldas. Mm -hmm. And actually rare games. And we're talking about, like, where do I think their pricing is going to go? Yeah, and their availability. It's tricky, because it, it's... Say over the next ten years. It's really weird, because games are fucked. They're, they're a fucking popularity contest. Yeah. So it's like, in ten years, a Wii U copy of Breath of the Wild is probably going to be... Anywhere from sixty to one hundred dollars, I'd say. Yeah. Easy. Switch version. Probably fifty to seventy. Fifty to eighty. 
I'm gonna make a quick note because I did have to find the current value. Okay. The Wii U version is actually a little more valuable than the Switch version right now, as I predicted. Yeah, I figured because it sold less. Yeah. So, but here that, that it's been out long enough for us to get really good data, but yeah. Yeah. But but so here's <laughs> the thing. Slightly. Between both consoles, Breath of the Wild sold how many copies? What was it, like 3 million or something? Something like that. Something really high. So... Pretty much, it had almost a 100% attach rate for the Switch. Exactly. Which is ridiculous. So, I've never heard of. Before. So for anybody who doesn't quite understand what that means, it means for 90, like, for like 98% of every single Switch sold... On, on launch date, March 3rd. That person also has Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Which... Completely understandable because it was the only game at launch that really fucking mattered. Yeah. Because, like, you and me were, like, Gaga for Bomber la- Bomberman. I almost said Bomberland. <laughs> oh, is, is, okay. it, is it because my game shelf is right behind where you were looking and there's Bomberman land? Sure. Far left side of the Wii games. God, fuck, what? <laughs> for real. Okay, anyways. <laughs> but, so, Jukebox and I were like, oh my god, Bomberman, right? I almost did it again. <laughs> but, um... Oh, God. But everybody who bought a Switch pretty much got Zelda. Because it, anybody who got a Switch got it for Zelda. Or they got it for, like, 1-2 Switch. Yeah. Like, nobody bought a Switch and they were like, I can't wait to get my Switch so I can play Just Dance. I can't wait to get my Switch so I can play Bomberman. Lego City. Lego City. It was like, I can't wait to get my Switch on launch day for 1-2 Switch and Breath of the Wild. That was that was it. Yeah, and very few people were actually willing to stand in those lines, get those pre-orders, shell out that money, to be like, I'm going to need the Switch in four months when the games I give a shit are coming out, like Mario Kart 8. Yeah, Rabbids and Mario Odyssey. Yeah, no one was like, yeah, I need the Switch now so it can collect us so I can use it later. The dust makes it work better, don't you know? Oh, obviously. That's, that's Nintendium's main quality. <laughs> yeah, but you need to blow on it to activate the dust. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Shit, forgot about that part. Oh, physical labor? Dibs out. Oh, Complete God. opposite point of video games. But anyways, back to the main topic is... So, that's the dumb thing about video games and pricing and stuff. Is It's like, Breath of the Wild sold a shit ton. There's more than enough copies to go around... And by the time it becomes quote-unquote unavailable, like, when it gets to the point where you can't walk into an EB Games and be like, hey, I want a copy of Breath of the Wild on the Switch, and they go, sorry, we don't carry that anymore. That'll pretty much literally be at least ten years from now. Exactly. And there'll probably be how many fucking copies of it out in the wild? Probably anywhere from ten, I'd say probably ten million. Well, maybe not that much. Well, you know what, let's just say... it. Every Switch, so that's like 1.2 million and then 300,000. So like 1.5 million now. Let's say 2 million. 2 million copies of Breath of the Wild 10 years from now. That's They're still trickling out, but it sold its it sold its bulk share when it came out. And yeah, that's, that's how it fair. always is. I'm gonna, we're, you know what, fuck it. We're gonna bump that to 2.5 just for argument's sake because okay. I like numbers and decimals. Okay, 2.5. So anyways, there's 2. Hold on. 2.0 is still a decimal. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you win this round. Okay, but 2.5. So there's 2.5 million copies of Breath of the Wild 10 years from now. You can't get them anymore at your local EB Games. You gotta go to like some... Uh, like like the stores me and Jukebox go to in, in the city north of us, right? Yeah. So 
I walk in, I see Breath of the Wild on the Wii U for, let's say, $100. I see it on the Switch for $75. I, maybe I don't have a Switch, so I have to get it on Wii U. Maybe I don't have a Wii U, so I have to get it on the Switch. Either way, it's like... It, it retained its it, value. It, <laughs> it, it, it retained its value, if not increased its value, and there's a stupid amount of them out there. As opposed to something like... We were talking about, what was it, Earthbound? Yeah, Earthbound. Uh, Earthbound only sold, what, 160,000 copies. About, yeah. Granted, video gaming was not as big of a thing back then. It was just kind of ramping up. Like, everybody was like, hey, these are fucking really cool. Whereas now... Sorry, go ahead. You know, I'm going to interject on this. I'd Please say do. it's at least equally as as popular because... If you look purely at, like, the number of units sold, so 42 million Super NESs. Fair. Uh, I mean, the Wii was, like, an anomaly, 100 million plus. Um, 80 million Xbox 360s, 80 million PS3s. So the number pretty much doubled. However, the PS3s, the Xbox 360s, they do other things. So you can access the internet, you can watch videos on them. I mean, you can... PS3 was the cheapest Blu-ray back then. Yeah. Uh, so actually, it, it has increased some, but mm-hmm. it hasn't increased like a massive amount. Fun story about that. Like five years ago, when me and my girlfriend—well, no—we've been dating almost like almost six years now. But anyways, so maybe like a year and a half into our relationship, we were talking to her dad. And he, he mentioned how he was thinking about buying a PS3. We were like, really? And, like, he'd he'd grown up with my girlfriend and her sister. And, like, he'd played, like, uh, Tom Clant, like, Rainbow Six, like, uh, uh, Ghost Recon, all those, like, yeah. stealth shooter games growing up and stuff. And, like, they played, like, Resident Evil together and, like, all this other stuff. So it's like, he's not, like, new to gaming. It was right. just, it was still surprising to hear. And we were like, why do you want a PS3 all of a sudden? And he was like, honestly blu-rays yeah like true fucking story because at that point in time it was way cheaper because you could get like a used ps3 off somebody for 100 100 to 150 maybe upwards towards two if the person was an asshole and they were selling a bunch of stuff with it yeah whereas a brand new blu-ray player which literally only plays blu-rays it was all was 230 240 dollars by itself yeah like, fuck yeah, I'd rather buy a PS3. Yeah, so they got multiple purposes. So, granted, they're still gaming consoles, they still play games, yeah. but games aren't the absolute focus. Because if you go back to, like, the 90s and the 80s and you listen to, like, people's anecdotes and stuff, you know, half of every kid ever in those ages had a console. Yeah, that's Like, true. that was just a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... I'm also... Earth Earthbound is a somewhat bad example because, I mean, we're comparing Zelda to, like, a cult classic. Well, compare it to Link to the Past, then. How many did Link to the Past sell? I don't remember, but let's say it's 3 million. Okay. That sounds so, like a good number. <laughs> so, like, Link to the Past sold 3 million. Again, a ton to go around. And you can find them... What do they usually go for at our game stores? Like, 30 bucks? Oh, God, it's a lot more. Okay, is it? At, at our game stores. I'm and so when, out of this. We need to go one of these days so I can refresh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally been, like, at least a year since we've gone. Yep. So, when we say our game stores, we're talking about uh, game stores that buy, sell, and trade used games. Yes. Almost exclusively. They have almost no new stock. 
and I'm they, sure they I'm sure for la- for just for sake of argument, I I I'm pretty sure if you went in and you were like, hey, I like you guys, I want to order this new game through you, they could probably figure it out for you, but maybe, maybe. maybe. So, but the idea is they will they have shelves full of NES through Wii games and like Sega Master System through Dreamcast and like Xbox through Xbox One. Like they have all of the games from all of the consoles. They sell them as a second-hand market, yep. like a secondary market. Um and keep in mind when you look at prices online and prices in store, the ones in store are almost always going to be higher. That's that's an important distinction especially from like the list I made mm-hmm. because that averages like eBay prices and stuff. God knows, Doc. Actually, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde's actually demanding some dollar signs. Really fucking stupid. Good uh, job, nerd. <laughs> let's say Arch Rivals, which is a basketball port of a basketball arcade game. Mm-hmm. So it's probably worth four dollars online. You go on eBay, you'd buy it for four dollars. Our gaming stores have a ten dollar minimum. That game's going to be ten dollars no matter what at these stores. Yeah. Anyways. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, the last time I saw it in these stores, yep. was at least $60. Jesus. So if you consider when that game came out new, it was $40. I mean, it's appreciated in value. And that's for a cartridge alone. Yeah. Like, if you still had the box, it's like $200. Yeah. So, I mean, but then these days, with discs and stuff, you you have to have the box. Yeah. Or, like, or it's just, like, stupidly underappreciated in value. Because yeah. I know I got both of the Star Wars Force Unleashed games at EB Games for $5 a piece because they didn't have boxes. Yeah. So I, they just gave me a couple of clear containers to put them in. I was like, fucking cool, here's 10 bucks, you know. But, granted, those are very cheap games. It was just in an example. So, Link to the Past, which has been out for... Again, like, my numbers are all fucked. I want to say, like, 25 years. Since, like, 94, so that's... 23. 23. Close enough. Hey, But, um... So, Link to the Past... Link to the Past, which has been out for 23 years, with 3 million copies available, is still $60 for just the cartridge. Which is insane. Yeah. So, in 10 years, Breath of the Wild, which is probably going to have... The same amount, comparable or the same or more available, is going to be demanding. Like I said, I'm I'm assuming the Wii U version will probably go as high as 100, and the Switch version will probably go as high as 80. And 80 is what it was brand new. Yeah, in Canadian. (laughs) In Canadian. That's not counting the fact that it was 10 years ago. God knows what our economy will look like in 10 years. Hopefully better. Yeah. So, I mean... You never know. Maybe the economy gets even fucking worse, and we're start and we have to pay a hundred dollars for a brand new game. God, I fucking hope not. No, work two jobs at that point. Jesus, at um, that point, suck a dick on the corner to pay for your video game addiction. Um, so it's 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 just fun it, fact. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. Average price of an apartment in Japan is six hundred dollars a month. Fuck it. You literally can't rent an apartment here for that much. If you could, it would literally be a room with a toilet in the corner and a fridge in the other corner. No stove. <laughs> Just <laughs> no a hot stove. plate. You would have to install your own curtain for privacy around that toilet. Exactly. 
So, <laughs> like, for example, my girlfriend and I live in a small, although comfy, yeah. it's, it's a very nice little basement suite, but it's only 500 square feet. It's literally a bedroom and the living room. It's, and the, it's and like, like open concept living room slash dining room slash kitchen. Like yeah. It's all in one room, pretty much. And then there's one door that leads to the bathroom, there's another door that leads to the bedroom, and that's it. Granted, the bedroom is quite big. Yeah. And the living well, room... It, it was intended to be a bachelor suite. Well, exactly, right? And that's... So, I mean, this little 500-square-foot basement suite cost me $980 Canadian a month. Yeah. That's with everything included. That's a fucking steal compared to how shit is these days. Like, when me and my girlfriend were looking around for, um, like, a place to live, it was just, we we couldn't find anything cheaper than, like, $1,200. Yeah, 1200 is, like, that baseline for, like, rental right yeah. now. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we found this place that was 980 The pictures were not flattering, and the floor plan, we were like, my god, it's tiny. But we went and looked, and it was actually nice, and our landlord's a fucking, like, stupid awesome guy. So we were like, shit, we lucked out. Yeah. But I mean... Because I, I remember you said he kind of expressed uh, concern over it yeah. being two people instead of just one. But you're like, we already kind of live in my room. Yeah, <laughs> like we literally lived in my room in the basement. It was probably 300 square feet and we shared it just fine. So I mean, it was nothing new to us. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's just crazy to think that... And I mean, like... Anime artists, I think they make, like, a monthly salary of, like, 10000 yen. No, 100000 Like, they make, like, $1,000 a month. Yeah. Which is piss-fucking-poor by our standards. But for them, considering their apartment is 1000 or not 1000 600 a month, you could, you could actually get by on that. And that's an average apartment. If you got like a smaller apartment, go for like four hundred dollars. Yeah, and you're you're fine. Yeah. If you get let's like, average apartment and you and a buddy shack up, or you and your girlfriend share or whatever, and you're both working, you're 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 fine. And that's a manga artist. That's a fucking difficult thing to do. Yeah. That's like someone here who's an artist selling commissions on Deviant Art and stuff almost. Yeah. And then maybe you get lucky and you get signed on for a comic with Kaboom Comics for like eleven issues. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then you're paid by the page. Yeah. Nifty. I like that part. I'm just gonna mention this quick, but because you said you were reading Bakuman. Yeah. Man, we're on a huge tangent. You don't gotta be quick about this. Yay. <laughs> um, you said you were reading Bakuman, and I love Bakuman. Honestly, one of the things I found the most interesting was how they like went into slight detail on like how the manga artists get paid. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's like, what? I think they said it was like, a thousand, like, I think, in the Bakuman manga, the two main characters, I think, get paid like, 1,500 yen a page. So assuming Which they, would be equivalent to 15 US dollars, pretty much. Exactly. So, I mean, you do 20 pages a week, let's say, so, my math is bad, what's 15, that's what, 300 bucks? Yeah. So that's 300 bucks a week. So, two guys working literally, like, 14 hours a day, every single day of the week, were making maybe $1,500 a month to split between both of them. Yeah. And I mean, okay, like, and you can argue, it's like, well, what about, like, the super popular manga artists? Like, 
We're not talking about the guy that does One Piece. That dude rakes in like 2.4 mil a year. Yeah, we're talking... That's, we're, that's different. We're talking about the schmucks who are lucky to get in. Yeah, we're talking about the guys getting like a one-shot and then like a 12-chapter run, like... <laughs> or like the guys who are in a much lesser magazine. Yeah. Like Shonen Jump's the biggest one. What if you just got like random Bishoujo greatest hits magazine? Yeah, like you, you never know. It's like just because you want to... In Japan, it's Sells like... to 10,000 people instead of 5 million. Exactly, and there's also the matter of like... When it comes to manga artists, there's also the matter of, what do you do? Because Shonen Jump's really picky. Like, they're a very battle manga heavy kind of thing. Yeah. Like I mean, it's Shonen fucking manga. Well, exactly. And like the, the main thing is, Shonen Jump aims from, like, the 10-year-old to, like, 17-year-old populace. Yeah. That's what they aim for. That's why you see stuff like Fairy Tail, thank God it's done, like, Bleach, One Piece, and then they can have some other, like dumb jokey stuff like bo 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 um trash yeah like garbage <laughs> right but it's like stupid gang manga that like a nine-year-old reading would think is hilarious right so i don't know we might need to pause the game because i do not fucking feel good right now okay <laughs> Dude, do you hear that? No. The music in the game is actually fucking up. It may have been going for too long. It's actually super interesting. It's almost like it was fast forwarding or something. Like, I mean, we've just been paused forever. This is like the rambliest episode fucking ever. If and anyone listens to it, they're gonna be like, what the actual- What is he screaming at? What? Stuff <laughs> and reasons and fun. Alright, so I'm just gonna quickly paraphrase. Uh, before that quick break there. <laughs> what was that? Calrick's died. Oh no. Yeah, before the break, I was asking you about what you think the collecting market will be like 10 years from now. So we kind of did the then, mm -hmm. we did the now, and outside of, you know, our segment, we're just going to look to the future a little bit. And what you were kind of getting at is that a link to the past, which is comparable to Breath of the Wild. As far as sales go, yeah. As far as sales go, and being in the same series, and being well-regarded games, um, Link to the Past has appreciated since its release, and you think that Breath of the Wild will also appreciate. Yep. My, my main thing is, it's not those specifically, it's, like I said, video games are a fucking popularity contest, so it's like... Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of something that's like a little less... Like, something that's more under the radar. <laughs> I look over to my game collection. <laughs> uh, like, something current under the, under the radar? Or yeah, like kind of. Um, Fortune Street. Sure, okay. Like, Fortune Street's not going anywhere. 
price wise. Yeah. I don't think so. Where it is right now is probably where it'll stay. And maybe dips a little bit or maybe it goes up a tiny bit, but it's not gonna Yeah. So another another example I just thought of is it's like you take like the other Switch games from launch and it's like ten years from now Mario Odyssey will probably be up there because it's a Mario game. Right. Uh, Mario Unravels will probably be up there a good bit because it's probably not going to sell as well as any other Mario game, but because it's still Mario, yeah, it's still going to be in that popular area, but it's also going to dip into that like cult classic area, and it's probably going to be a lot more expensive than Breath of the Wild or Odyssey. Yeah. But then if you looked at something like Bomberman or... 1-2 Switch. 1-2 Switch is kind of like Wii Sports, though, right? Okay. Uh... But... Lego City Undercover? Sure. Like, any of those, they're going to be dirt cheap. Yeah. Bomberman, you'll probably be able to get for anywhere from 10 to $20 10 years from now. Lego City Undercover, you could probably get for 5 to 15 yeah. Right? Like, shovelware is always shovelware. Exactly. And you could compare it to the lesser titles of old. And, and it's one... So, it's one of those weird things, is it's like, Bomberman would, pro, would technically be the rarer game. Yeah. Because there's no way it sells anywhere close to what Breath of the Wild does. Yeah. But it's not going to be worth nearly as much, even though it's harder to find, because it doesn't have that popularity boost. I, I can give you a current example then. Sin and Punishment on the Wii. Good game. Sold like maybe 60,000 units or something. Like It yeah. is legitimately rare. It's only worth... 20 to 30 dollars yeah it's you know it might appreciate a little bit as time goes on because it is at least within the lexicon of nintendo games but like mm -hmm. people don't give that much of a shit but as it currently sits to buy something like fucking the last story <laughs> okay that's also a rarity that's a bad example um Fuck, I don't know, Breath of the Wild. It literally just came out. It's still $80 at GameStop. Yep. It's like, what, 60, 70 used, I guess? If that, 75 maybe. Yeah, so fucking... I'm trying to think it... of a fucking Wii game that's an example. Yeah, I, I regret going down this route. Okay, <laughs> Sin and Punishment sold like 60,000 units. Like, take something like Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn. Yeah. Because I know that sold more than 60,000. Yeah, so something that sold at least double what's in punishment. At the very least. And it's appropriately, I see new, I see copies of Radiant Dawn at our stores for, I think the most I've seen it go for is 60. It's funny because the last time you saw our stores was like a year ago. Shut up. No, I think the last one I saw was a hundred. Was it? I'm not even kidding. It's fucking crazy. I know the GameCube one is bad too. Path of the Radiance. I I the last time I saw one of those, it was eighty. Yeah. So I mean, but it, it, of course this is all supply and demand because people want Fire Emblem a lot exactly. more than they want that. But at the same time, it like there's supply to go around. Like I said, it it's so it's so strange because like the rarest game I have is also my most expensive one. Yeah. And it's Class of Heroes G2. You can get that on the PSN store on PS3 for 10 bucks. My copy's worth $230 because yeah. it's in a box. Yeah. It's... Literally in a cardboard box. Yeah. It's in the cardboard box <laughs> that I received it in. 
inside that cardboard box is this game still saran wrapped with its ID number on it. Yeah. My copy is 1124, I think. Or something. Something. Like, it, they only... We looked into this. What was it? Like, 1,000 to 3,000 at most? I think we found it was, like, anywhere from 2 to 4, 2 to 5. Yeah. So, I mean, very limited... Like, there is a company called Limited Run Games whose whole thing is they will take a game that doesn't have a physical copy and do a limited run... And those limited runs have sold more than this game. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jukebox was like, dude, you should look into this. This is super cool. And I was like, fuck it, I got money. <laughs> so yeah. I got it. And then it took all of, like, three months to get it. Yeah. And then I thought I lost it. Oh, God. Oh, that was a terrifying week. Yeah, when, when he moved, I was like, hey, where is this thing? Because I was doing... I made him a list using the current values, values from videogamepricecharting.com. And I found that it's like his most valuable game. And I was like, hey, where is that, by the way? And I'm like, I don't know. So, it's in a box somewhere. We're good, don't worry. I think. Just like dying inside. <laughs> Two days later, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, because we always knew that was going to be my rarest and probably my most expensive game. We always knew that. It was just, it wasn't until Jukebox, like, appraised my collection that we got an idea of how much it was worth. Yeah. So, I mean... Honestly, that game has actually gone down in value, but it's still in the hundreds. Yeah, right? It's still up there. It's still above and beyond my rarest game and my most valuable. The only thing that probably comes close is my copy of Final Fantasy VII. And and that's not... Yeah. That's like a hundred. Yeah. Right. Well, right now, uh, at least online, the value is about 45 Canadian. Yeah. At our video game stores, they're charging around fifty dollars. Yeah, but I mean, how many millions of copies? Because that was—that's in the top ten for sales on the PS One. Yeah, so it's not rare by any means. No, it's again, it's it's just. But it is still fairly valuable as yeah. far as games go. Because again, it's it's a popularity thing. It's a supply and demand. The more people want something, the more it's worth. It's the same with all the amiibos, right? It's. Everybody wanted more Amiibos, so everybody started charging stupid amounts for them online and shit, and people fucking bought them. Literally everything that involves economics is, like, supply and demand, but, like... Yeah. I'm trying to think of a game that wasn't worth money, but is worth money now. And I'm having a really hard time with it, because I was going to use Earthbound as an example, Mm -hmm. because back in 2004, people knew that it was uncommon. It was an actual legitimate cult classic, because either you knew it from when you were a kid... Or you saw Ness in in Smash Bros. Yeah, I remember when I played Sna- Smash for the, like the first few times. I was like, "Who the fuck is this kid?" Right? Why can he shoot lightning? Like, I'm very confused. So yeah, so it still garnered a price of like twenty dollars, which in two thousand four, when everyone's like, "Hey, just take my fucking games," literally just take them. I mean, $20 was kind of something. Yeah, exactly. Somebody walks up to you and they're like, hey, I'll give you $20 for that game. It's like, fuck, yeah. like Yeah, now it's like $200. And a big part of that, of course, was the boom in 2008. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, the availability of information, too. Because it was a cult classic. Now I'd just call it a classic because way more people than ever actually know who Ness is. Yeah, exactly. Which almost seems ass-backwards. I don't know, it's... Earthbound is almost something that should have just, like, if it wasn't for Smash Bros, it would have just literally just 
dust in the wind and no one well, would care. It would be like sin and punishment. It's worth a little bit of something, but no one gives a fuck. It's like, admittedly, it would have been the same thing with, like, Fire Emblem for me. It's like, my first taste of Fire Emblem was Smash Bros. Melee with Marth and Roy. Yeah. Granted, it's not like... I learned... I saw them, I was like, I like these characters, and I started, like, researching online. It was like, no, it's like, I liked playing as Marth. He was my favorite. He's still my best character in Melee, even though I haven't played Melee in fucking ten years probably now, almost. Maybe not that long, but... I think I'm a lot older than I actually am most days. Yeah. I'm, like, at work, and I'm, like, crawling over something, and I'm like, God, fuck, I'm too old for this shit. I'm like, literally six years ago, I wouldn't have even been allowed on this site. The fuck am I talking about? Like, it's hilarious. Like, like, people look at me, they're like, how old are you again? I'm like, 23, and they're like, uh-huh. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Fucking... But, um... If I don't have my facial hair, people think I'm, like, a teenager. Yeah. Uh, shit, where was I going with that? Where were you? Oh, uh, Melee. Supply so, Melee. Yeah, so it's like, I liked Marth, and I liked Roy, and then one day I just... I've told this story a couple of times on the podcast, but it's like, at Walmart, found the game, Fire Emblem, and played it, loved it, and then realized later on that Marth and Roy were from Fire Emblem. Yeah. And my little, like, te- 11-year-old brain is like, well, why aren't they in the Fire Emblem game if they're from Fire Emblem? Because, you know, <laughs> translations are just meant here in America. Oh, God. Frick. Trash. Cause, Absolute trash. Because <laughs> Fire Emblem, for us, is Fire Emblem 7, the Blazing Sword, for them in Japan. Yeah. Roy is from the sixth game. Marth is from the first and the third games. Like, Marth was like NES. <laughs> yeah. So, it was so strange to me. And then, I mean, Brawl came out, and then we got Ike, and then it was a little more recent, and, like, shit started, you know... Making sense. Exactly. And like, then the fourth Smash came out, and it's, like, the current characters for the game that was just released. Yeah, I'm not okay with that. But... <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean... Where were we going with this? They were talking about Earthbound, and then we got on Ness, then we got on Smash, and then we, we ramble. God damn it. Yeah, we ramble hard. But, like... Like Jukebox said, it's like Earthbound was like a classic among all classics, and now people know what it is. Yeah. And it's worth money now because people know what it is. If, 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 yeah, and you were drawing a comparison with Fire Emblem as if, yes. if people didn't, you know, if it wasn't in Smash Bros., if the availability of information wasn't there, people wouldn't get into half a fuck about Fire Emblem. It would still probably be a $20 game. Probably. Instead of 100. It'd be the same with Earthbound. Like, let's say Ness never got put in Smash. Woo, God forbid. He's a trash character anyways. (laughs) As far as Smash goes, trash character. Yeah. Some pro will probably, like, comment and be like, fucking 1v1 me, bro. No. (laughs) He was my main for, like, a week. Yes. (laughs) Um, But it's just that, like, if Ness had never been put in Smash, nobody ever would have looked into him. Yeah. It would have been all the people who played Earthbound or all the people who played Earthbound since then who were like, oh, I love this shit. Yeah, but it and, wouldn't have... And, and sure as shit, you know, there'd be YouTube videos with reviews about like, oh, remember this old classic and how great it was and how no one gives a shit about it? Those would still exist, but they wouldn't be as voluminous because, like, what person gives a fuck about Ness unless they know who he is? Exactly. Like, if you hadn't even played Smash, you still probably don't know who Ness is. Exactly. That wasn't a really airy fart. That was the opening of a ginger ale. I'm sorry. I don't feel good. <laughs> I take that back. It may have been an airy fart. It might have been. 
I don't know if it was airy, though. Oh, God. <laughs> no, no. He's wet. Yeah. No, no. Poopy actually. butt. Oh, God. Irrational fear of poopy butt. <laughs> That's a Game Grumps thing where Aaron's talking about his irrational fear of having a poopy butt and how, like, he needed to buy a bidet and if he doesn't wipe until it hurts, it's not clean enough. Yeah. Because he's scared that he might have a stinky butt. <laughs> I, I, I legitimately share that fear. I wipe my ass a lot. <laughs> I think that's like a universal human thing, unless yeah. you just can't afford toilet paper, in which case you've got bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> can't afford toilet paper, you need to think about a, a couple of things. Yeah. But, um... Okay, so I asked you what you think, where you think uh, collecting will go in the future. I should probably answer my own question. Yeah, probably. So, for the things that are currently out, the things that are already collectible and old... The common and uncommon games will eventually plateau at a price because, you know, even the collectors will eventually be like, okay, I gotta trim the fat. I don't give a shit about arch rivals. I don't give a shit about, like, the first Godzilla game. You know, this stuff can just, whatever, get rid of it. And eventually it'll flood the market or it'll at least fill up the market to a degree where they're no longer charging ridiculous amount of money. For a game that isn't even that good. Everybody will be asking $5 just for the sake of being able to buy their Tim's coffee the next morning. Yeah. And, okay, Americans, Tim's is like Baskin Robbins. Slash Starbucks. You know Baskin Robbins is ice cream, right? Are you thinking Dunkin' Donuts? I'm thinking Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I always confused him ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, good. They got like the fucking Robin with the donut. <laughs> That's like my girlfriend. We went to get ice cream the other day and she always mixes up cotton candy and bubble gum. Oh, I know that. I'm like, what kind do you want? She's like, bubblegum. And I'm like... Cotton candy. I'm like, cotton candy? She goes, yeah. One day she's going to mean bubblegum and she's going to be really disappointed that you got her cotton candy. Probably. She'll be like, no, I actually wanted bubblegum. Well, fuck me then. It'll be the one time. The one time. But, uh... Continue. Okay, yeah. So those things will plateau eventually. It's not going to be like this massive bursting bubble like everyone thinks it's going to be. There is somewhat of a bubble. Not the way people are thinking. The bubble I'm imagining is when all these people are who are super nostalgic, who bought them all up, who are 10 to 20 years older than me, yep. fucking die. Yep. And all their shit goes away. And I'm just like, you know, you are 80 and dead. I am 60 and, you know, maybe thinking of retiring if I'm lucky. I'm going to buy all your shit for dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, I don't need half There's my... the fucking bubble. It's not within the next three years, okay? No. Just get over yourself. It's within the next, like, 50. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the same thing, I think, for record collecting. It's like, okay, you are, you know, 20 to 30 years older than me. Yeah. When you die and everyone else who was nostalgic and buying shit dies, then I'm going to buy your used records and I'm going to enjoy them for, like, the last 20 years of my life. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, it's going to plateau. It's not a bubble. For the games that people actually care about, I think it will also somewhat plateau, but in the upwards direction. We're still climbing. Yeah. For the ultra-rare games, um, I don't know if they'll ever come down until that actual bubble where everyone dies comes in. Yeah, literally <laughs> just anybody, anybody who ever gave a shit just, like, eats it. Yeah. Like, I think we'll have to reach the point where it's like, 
unless you're a millionaire, you can't just justify buying a game for $500 every weekend because you want to complete your collection. We're going to reach that point, and then yes, it'll maybe go down some and stuff, but there's never going to be a point where it's just like, hey, Little Samson's no longer worth $500, you can go buy it for 50 again. Yeah. Like, that, that, I do not see that in any horizon whatsoever. No. Like, maybe, like, even if I think, like, a hundred years from now, it's probably going to be some super, like, rare antique, and it'll be looked on, like, kerosene lamps are. Good old kerosene. shit like that. I mean, like, you know how we buy, like, vintage dressers and desks? <laughs> like, we don't, but people buy vintage dressers, desks in China, and it's worth a lot of money and yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, like, a hundred years old. Well, what the fuck are we going to have? All our Ikea shit's shitty. Oh. So, fucking video games, why not? It's made in Nintendium, it lasts forever, and it was culturally relevant. We'll buy that from antique stores in a hundred years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, hey, yeah. Shit, I need a coffee table. Hon, how much is that Ikea coffee table? 300! Shit, I can buy 150 copies of Mario Duck on for that. I'll build a couch. <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, my, so that'll go. My Mario Duck Hunt coffee table has to wait. Yeah. <laughs> Friend, again, we're back to nerd episodes of the Nintendo World Championships. Fucking, no, no, I really love all those games, Pat the NES punk. I was going to make a coffee table out of them. <laughs> oh, God. That's actually one of the best nerd episodes. Like, I know completely off topic, but like, that's a, that, that, that episode is just all kinds of wonderful. Oh, uh, it is. So great. So great. So, yeah, I guess I covered the uncommon common shit people actually give a shit about in the Rare Games. If you think, like, the 7th generation, because the 7th generation just ended, you know, you gotta give it some time for things to actually even out. If, if history was to repeat itself and say, you know, the NES boom that happened in 2008, if that was to happen to the Wii, yep. you know, in another 10 to 15 years, sure as shit, 101 in 1 party games is, it's, it's gonna, we're gonna look upon it like we do Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde right now. It's gonna be like, why are they actually fucking asking $10 for that piece of shit? Yeah. Like, how is this, how are they not paying us to take it away? Yeah. Because at this point, we're kind of entering that period where people are, like, literally just throwing them away to get rid of them because you can't sell your shovelware Wii games now. I find a lot of... Uh, part of the problem is, too, is... For example, like, on the swap and buy Facebook sites of ours and stuff, it's like every now and then you'll see somebody selling, like, a bunch of video games. Yeah. And they're just asking absurd prices. Yeah, and it's like, kind of sad because they probably yeah. don't even know they're absurd. And I'm like, where did you get your info? Granted, there was one guy, he was selling just a ton of stuff. Nothing like, I looked through it all, it's nothing nothing crazy. But I mean, mm. I think the most expensive thing he had on there was like 60 bucks. But it was like a special edition copy, still sealed, yeah. with like the music disc and everything still in it. I was like, nice. fuck, not bad. I can't remember what goddamn game it was, mm. but... uh. He had, like, Final Fantasy twelve on there for, like, ten bucks. He had, like, Final Fantasy ten and ten two. He had those both on there for, like, seven apiece, like, the PS2 versions. I was like, shit. So the legitimate, yeah. like, actual market prices. Right yeah, now, like, but he was actually like, shit, I don't need these. I'm going to sell them. And, like, I'm not going to lie. If I'd actually had a couple hundred bucks just lying around, I probably would have gone and bought out a bunch of his stuff. Yeah. Probably would have. But, unfortunately, I'm kind of broke right now. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, for the Wii games, the shovelware, you know, several years from now, we might look upon it like we do the shovelware from the NES, where it's like, okay, now your prices are getting stupid. You, you fuck people. <laughs> but it'll give time for those other things to fest. So I think, like, Fortune Street, Sin and Punishment, mm -hmm. The Last Story, Pandora's Tower, stuff like that that's, you know, fairly uncommon... People still give a shit about those games. Oh, absolutely. They're going to go up in price at some point. But for now, they're still going downwards. I mean, Just shit. because everyone's dumping their Wii games. The only reason we got half of those that you listed was because people gave enough shits to have Operation Rainfall actually work. Yeah, no kidding. 100,000 strong for Xenoblade? <laughs> no, like, fucking give them Pandora and Last Story too. <laughs> yeah. I never opened Pandora. I probably Good. won't. <laughs> Good. Don't. <laughs> I mean, I bought it for $15 new. Yeah. Because at that point, EB Games was just trying to dump their Wii stock. And I was like, okay, I know I'm going to want this game. I'm going to buy it now. And then I immediately stopped giving a shit because I was playing, like, Super Metroid. Yeah. Like, I was literally just playing something else and I never got around playing it. And the same thing happened with my uh, Disgaea 4 is also sealed. And it's just like... I have so many other games that there's no reason for me to just open this one. I don't want to play it that bad. No. So it'll probably just remain sealed forever. Yeah, do it. <laughs> you might as well. If it's sealed, it stays in value. As soon as you open it... Yeah. But, so, real quick before we wrap up, because you wanted to talk about it. I mentioned mine, but what... You wanted to talk about our rarest and our most valuable games, so what are yours? Okay, so yours was Class of Heroes... G yeah, that's my G rarest G and my most expensive. And second place would be like Final Fantasy VII. Probably, yeah. Or, do you still have your Fire Emblem on GameCube? Uh, it was my brother's, but I think he still has it. Oh. I could always steal it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, do you still have the one on Wii? Yeah, yeah. That one's pretty valuable. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, for Fire Emblem uh, Path of Radiance on GameCube, the current value is 108 Canadian. Not bad. Yeah. So that one's pretty high up there. Like, that's my most valuable GameCube. My rarest game. There is a approximately 400 of them. What the fuck? There was approximately 400 of them distributed. Oh, Christ. That doesn't mean they're still out there. So, when the Dreamcast came out, 9999. Oh... Two months beforehand, or even before that, they distributed 400 disc-only copies of Sonic Adventure Limited Edition. Underneath the Sonic Adventure logo, it says Limited Edition. So are you shitting your fucking pants over that? Yeah, we'll tell the story in a moment. I'm not getting a history lesson. So, they distributed 400 of those to Funko Land for their kiosks. Their Dreamcast kiosks to show them off. Shortly after, there was a Sonic Adventure Limited Edition that came with a case and a manual that was given to Hollywood Video, the rental stores, two months before the Dreamcast came out. So people could actually rent a Dreamcast and Sonic Adventure Limited Edition and play it two months before the console was even supposed to release, and that was a huge thing. There was approximately 2,000 copies of Sonic Limited Edition given to Hollywood videos. The way you tell the difference 
is first off because the kiosk was disc only Hollywood video um, often they'll be missing manuals they may be missing backing but usually you have one of the two so if you have a case that says Sonic Adventure Limited Edition, that was the Hollywood video one. If you have a manual that says Sonic Adventure Limited Edition, that was the Hollywood video one. The easiest way to tell once you actually own it is that the kiosk version will not save. You cannot save. And it is slightly more buggy. The Hollywood video version, you can save. I have the kiosk version. Oh. No, that's a good thing. Oh. That's the one where there was only 400 just distributed. It's way rarer. Duh. <laughs> so, approximately 400 distributed all of North America. How many of those got sent back to Sega with the kiosks? How many of them just got randomly destroyed because Funko Land was like, what do we do with all our old Dreamcast trash now that it's dead? Throw it in the dumpster. Okay. So uh, what? You know, you want to give it a liberal approximate, there might be like 200 copies of this thing left in the world. I have one of them. So wonderful. Rare as fuck. And, <laughs> and for that Hollywood limited edition, um, that one is also super rare. But fuck you, I got the kiosk version. Mm. Tell yeah. them how you got it. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> And then we'll wrap up. So what was that, like 2010? 11. 2011? Okay, so it was quite a few years ago. You know, it was parents would drive us into Edmonton to uh, two, video game stews, two video game stores. Um, now they were pretty far away from each other, but the second one we went to, we pretty much only went there to look because their prices were much higher than the other ones. Granted... In their defense, they were privately owned, so they were willing to make... all privately owned. Well, I mean, that the the good one has multiple locations, whereas the crappy one is a singular location, is what I mean. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's family-run is what I kind of mean. But, I mean, so there was the one time I had, I think, $40, Mega Man 2 was 30 and Mega Man 4, I think it was... Was like fifteen or twenty. So grand total, they were like fifty five dollars together. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck!" I was like, <laughs> "Do I get two and blow all my money because two is the fucking probably the best one they ever made?" Right. Or do I get four so that I can also get like five or six? And the main owner lady, she came up and she was like. If you want, just because I know you want them real bad, I'll give you both of these for 40 if you want. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. But it was yeah. it was still it 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 was nice that she noticed that I was like really torn. Yeah. And she was willing to throw me a bone. Yeah. Right? I thought that was pretty cool of them. Because that one's a mom and pop shop. Yeah. The other one is still technically mom and pop, but they got Three locations at one point they had four. So, I mean, they're like a really small franchise. Yep. Although I think they're closing down one of their other locations I saw just recently. So now I think they're down to two, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, all their stock will go to the other two and they'll actually be stocked up once in a while. <laughs> so, okay, so we go to this other one that we don't normally go to that costs more than the other ones. And 
I pretty much walked in there. I just learned about Sonic Limited Edition. Like a week ago. Yeah, like I just happened upon it, which is weird because it's so hard to find any information. Like the best information you can find right now is from some forums from 2004 and 2007. Good old forums. I don't even know how the fuck I ma- I like came upon this. So we walk in there and I like go to the Dreamcast games. I don't even have a goddamn Dreamcast at that point, I don't think. And I'm just like, okay, let's look for Sonic Adventure. And it's literally the only fucking copy they have. Sonic Adventure Limited Edition. I'm like, I don't know if I'm lucky or if this isn't as rare as I think it is. Tell them how much it was. $20. I thought it was 10 No, it, it was 20 because they... Still a fucking steal. <coughs> I mean, relatively, yeah, because it didn't have... Like, the first page of the manual was ripped off and it didn't have a case. Yeah. And... <laughs> just gently lift your keys off the table as to not hit the microphone or make noise. Pretty much. So, because it didn't have the, those, it was pretty much disc only and half a manual. It was $20. The regular price Sonic Adventure there was 40 Which is so, so I technically got it half off, even though at the time it was still a jacked up price. And you would have dropped 40 on it. Yeah, fucking... For the limited edition one. It's just so weird that, like, it's like, huh, here's this super obscure rare thing that no one fucking knows about. Let's go look for it. Hey, look, here's this super weird obscure rare thing that no one knows about. And it's fairly cheap. That store gets some crazy stuff. Like, that's like, I found my One Piece game. Yeah. Literally have never seen another copy of that. (laughs) Anywhere. All right. Do you want to tell the you want me to tell the other two stories of that place before we wrap up? Like go really fast. Oh uh, yeah, if you go really fast. Okay, so uh, be us, young, stupid, and barely have any games or money or money. Uh, Contra and Mega Man Two, obvious, great, amazing games. Like we only know of them because of like Screw Attack, pretty much. It's like wow, those look fucking amazing. Yeah. Little did we know they're going to be, like, some of the most sought-after kind of games. Expensive. And I think I dropped $40 for the two of them. I think so, yeah. You got them for 20 apiece. Or I think, like, Mega Man was 15 and Contra was 25 something like that. Yeah, you... I think it may have been 20 and 10 But either way, it was between 30 and $40, which nowadays, I mean, you'd pay $40 just for Mega Man 2 at yep. the stores now. So that was a pretty good deal. The other time... We're looking at 1942 and 1943 because there was like a top 10 shoot 'em up video from Screw Attack, and one of them was 1943. And it's like, shoot the yellow planes, they give you power ups. Yep, sorry, shoot the orange planes. <laughs> so Jukebox is trying to decide because I think 1942 was 10, 1943 was 15, and he only had 15 bucks. So it's like, God, I don't know which one to get. So we go up to the counter. And he asked, hey, can I just, can I test the games? Yeah. Can I make sure they work? And they had one of those Retrons, which I thought was kind of funny. But actually, it's really smart to have a Retron. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For testing. For like, sure. The other place uses individual consoles, if you ask Yeah. Me. Which is nice, but still. So, he plugs 43 in, you know, messes with it a little, works just fine. do 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 Yeah. So, Jukebox is like, fucking cool, awesome, I love it. Puts 42 in, doesn't work. Yeah, blows in it. Blinking screen. Yeah, it doesn't work. Fucking takes it out, like, puts back in, wiggles it, fucks yeah, around with it for, like, five minutes. He even used the Q-tip and the rubbing alcohol. Yeah, like, didn't work. 
So Jukebox is like, what do you do with dead games? And they're like, oh, you can just have it. And I'm like, <gasps> we literally, like, I didn't even care that it didn't work at the point. It's just like, wow, I got a cartridge I can show off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we get back to Jukebox's house and he's like, you know what? Shit's a gig. So I'm going to try cleaning it. We're going to see what happens. He literally hits it with like a barely damp Q-tip, puts it in and immediately it's like, <laughs> yeah. So I got two games for the price of one, two amazing fucking games for the price of one. Because he couldn't work a fucking NES or something. Yeah, I just, he didn't care. Honestly, I feel like if he pissed around with it for like one or two more minutes, probably would have got it going. Yeah. But I think fucking. he just, just, he didn't care. He was like, God, fucking whatever. That was like the gray shit. Yeah. We need to go back to that place at some point. Yeah, one of these days. One of these days. One of these days. I think the most recent time was like literally... Three years ago for me, because I've gone there since you have. Oh, the that place. I was going to say, we just went to the other place, like, maybe six or seven months ago. <laughs> no, so the one where I got Sonic Adventure Limited, uh, I went there maybe three years ago, which is more recent than Calrix has gone. And uh, at that time, their prices weren't looking as bad. Because, yeah, you told me they'd improved a bit. Yeah, because they weren't necessarily raising them, because they used to be jacked up. But they kept that price, and now they were, like, retail. Mm -hmm. Like, market value. Good old game stores. Oh, God, this is, like, the rambliest podcast ever. But it was fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. Like, if we can do this again without the game... We'll probably that'd be, that'd right. be a pretty good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do that for, like, 25 or something. <laughs> <laughs> something. But 21. You know what? We'll do it for 21 where we're legal everywhere. Yeah, we're we gonna wrap this up, like... Right now, because Kelrick's got to go. I gotta go do stuff. Gotta go. Gotta go fast. <laughs> gotta go fast. <laughs>